Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Across the Broken Stars. And I am joined by my fellow writers, starting with Michael R. Fletcher. Ooh, that's me. I am Michael R. Fletcher, author of the Obsidian Path Trilogy. Dirk Ashton. I am Dirk Ashton, author of the Obsidian Path Trilogy. No, the Paternus yes, Trilogy. And we are joined by a very special guest today, Rob's not here. Sarah Chorn. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for, thanks for having me. No worries. Do you want to uh, just introduce yourself quickly to our listeners slash viewers? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Sarah, and I edit a lot of stuff. Awesome. Um, so that ties in very nicely to today's episode theme because we're going to be talking about how to edit your book, and then next week we're going to be talking specifically about how to work with a freelance editor. Um, and Sarah has done some some editing for Mike in the past. Uh, Dirk, has she done any editing for you? I'm not sure. Not yet. Cool. Okay. Well, maybe this is going to be an audition for, for Dirk's editing in the future. Um, but before we get into today's episode, I do want to have a quick shout out to recent people who have signed up to our Patreon because um, I was a bit slack with shout outs during last month. So in May, we had a bunch of new patrons, including uh, Salmon Like the Fish, Tyra, Adam, uh, Kerry, Deepak, and Oliver. Uh, and we have also had Jared on our like anchor supporter level as well for a long time. So thank you for helping to support the show. It's because of you that we've been able to hire a uh, producer for this who has been improving our audio quality um, and creating those nice thumbnails. And yeah, it really just helps us improve the show. So if you want to check out the Patreon uh, and get access to, at this stage, I think three full bonus episodes that are on there, go to patreon.com forward slash wizards warriors words. And the link is also down below. So editing. Um, it's very, I guess, tempting to think that like the most important aspect of your book is, you know, the first draft when you're writing it through. But I think we can probably all speak to the fact that 
really a lot of the uh, qualities of a story come through when you are refining it and editing it. And there's that Stephen King quote that uh, good writing is rewriting. So kind of just to set the, the scene generally, I was wondering if everyone can go through and just discuss the different types of editing and the different maybe editing passes um, that you go through with your books. Dirk, do you want to kick us off? Um, we're talking about self-editing at this point, right? Yeah. So next episode, we'll talk about yeah. working with an editor. Yeah. yeah. Working, with, working with a professional editor. Um, my first drafts are complete and total crap. I don't even call them a draft one. I call it a draft zero. Um, and my, my first book, I wrote really slowly. And I would go back and rewrite a little bit every day before I moved on writing. And then I, and I, it, so it took me three and a half years to write a book. Um, book two and book three of the Paternus trilogy. Um, I learned that it was much more productive if I just forced myself to keep writing, even if there were typos and just hit a certain word count a day. You know, for me, it was like, I was happy with 500 and then I got fast enough to do like, a thousand and now I'm doing about 1300, which is very slow compared to a lot of my friends, um, like Mike Fletcher, but, uh, uh, it, uh, uh, and that's in, you know, two to four hours. I'll do that depending on the day. And, uh, then I just, I, I try to just finish. Sometimes I'll have to stop and re-outline, maybe change a few things and then just keep going, keep going until the first draft is done. And then um, John Grisham also had a really great quote. He said, I'm a terrible writer, but I'm a pretty good rewriter. Um, so when people say they're editing their first draft, I'm like, you're not. You're not editing. Uh, maybe you are if you're good. But if you're me, you're not editing. I'm not editing. I'm rewriting. And that, to me, is a, it, it, there's a big difference. I go back and rewrite everything all the way through. Um, and I'm doing some corrections and things, but I'm changing the prose all over the place. And that's more than editing as far as I'm concerned. Um, changing beats, maybe even moving chapters back and forth or parts of chapters around a little bit. And that's, that's a rewrite. Then I have a first draft. Um, and, uh, sometimes that's, it's ready at that point to go to pr a proofer or editor, usually an editor and then a proofer, but I use people that kind of do both. Um, and, uh, but I continue to rewrite, you know, even through those, <laughs> that process, which is why usually my books have to be fixed a lot after they even get released. Um, so that's, that's basically my process. Nice. So if you were to compare, like, let's take the length of time it would take to write a first draft for you. How long do you, does the editing process take in comparison to that? Is it like quicker than writing your first draft? Is it shorter? Oh, yeah. A lot yeah, quicker. it's probably, if it takes, say, it, I mean, I wrote book two really pretty quickly, even though it took me over a year to get it done and out. I didn't write that whole time. So it took me off actually about three to four, between three and four months writing every single day to to pretty much complete that book um the the draft zero mm -hmm. but the rewrite only takes three to four weeks at the most um depending 
Um, book three took a lot longer because that book was like a hundred thousand words longer. So, you know, it depends. I mean, book two was 135, 136,000. Book three was 235, 236,000. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it takes a lot less time, but I have friends who, I mean, we all do have friends who will write, you know, five, six, seven thousand words a day and send it straight to a proofer because they're good. Mm. They're fast. I've always figured, I've always thought fast meant, you know, you could have good, fast and cheap, but you can't have all three. Um, those Some people do. Can. Some people just Yeah, have they yeah. can. They can, <laughs> they can really do decent quality prose and writing mm. um, in a very, very short time. Yeah. On that note, sometimes I find um, that when I am pushing myself to go faster, the story weirdly ends up being better because you're not holding yourself back and you're not like filtering as much. Yeah. So you kind of allow yourself yeah. to, to reach that more creative spot. So yeah, like faster. And I'm always shocked. I, yeah. And I'm, I'm actually always shocked when I go back. It's, I'm like, this is not that bad. Mm. I mean, the tweaks that I have to do to it are just not as bad as they were. And, and a lot of times, you know, because of deadlines and stuff, I just, you know, and even the big writers, I've seen them say, you know, sometimes you just have to say it's good enough. Um, you can have your few beautiful prose moments, but, you know, it doesn't all have to be that way. So just keep going. As long as it's telling the story and it doesn't suck, then, you know, just, just keep cruising along. Unless you're Fletcher and then it's all like some beautiful, ungodly, gorgeous prose and all of it well, every speaking single of mike, word why don't you uh and poetry loving care mike why don't you share what your editing process looks like all right it's uh for me it's it's evolved a bunch over the years uh my first book uh like completely rewrote several times uh me too tons of editing shifting chapters around all that crap uh the last book the first draft wasn't massively different from the final thing. Um, I think I've got a bit better at catching the bad stuff on, you know, as I'm going, uh, which slows things down a little bit, but not that much. Um, I still end up doing like self-editing probably seven or eight passes. Um, so by the time I reach the end of the first draft, I've got a pile of notes uh, where I sort of decided something needed to happen earlier. So I'll go back right in those those scenes that I sort of like skipped the first time. Um, then there'll be a uh, like a, a pass where I look for crutch words and sort of weak, weak phrasing and stuff. Uh, there'll be a couple of passes where I just sort of um just look for for spots where it's heads talking and I've sort of, you know, forgotten to like build the scene a little better. So I'll, you know, fix fix scene setting stuff. Uh, the last three passes are, are really just a focus on tightening individual sentences, um, looking for extraneous words, you know, where it's like, oh, he listened with his ears, kind of, you know, shit like that. As opposed to you listening know, that, with that, his that stuff that, nose? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that stupid stuff that sneaks past you. That, uh, and that recently... Sarah still finds, I'll bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. yeah, for sure. <laughs> And the uh, the very last pass now for me is um, I get Microsoft Word to read the book to me. Yeah, me too. And I read along as it's as it's going. Really, you do that? Uh, do that the whole job. manuscript? It's so good. Yeah, the entire book. Wow. And I, I catch so much stuff. And often it's um, 
like because it's fantasy, right? We're making up names all the time and you get used to hearing uh, the the narration uh, pronounce it a certain way. And then when it says something a little different, you're like, what? What the fuck was that? <laughs> and it sort of jolts you and you realize that you just misspelled like this one made up word right. one time. Uh, so like for for stuff like that, it's 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 really useful. Isn't is it, is it, and just, is it and catching painful? all the little stuff? Is it painful? No. No, it's a, I, I set it uh, to run like fairly quick. Mm. So it's reading fairly quickly. And I, I read along like visually as it's going. Um, it's not at all painful. It's, it's kind of nice. It's probably my favorite editing pass now. Huh. Yeah, me too. I cool. do the same thing and <laughs> it's great. Like it's so, yeah, it's so like kind of relaxing when you sort of slip into the trance state and then you're just having the story being read to you. And it feels like it's not exactly coming from you anymore. It feels like it's sort of coming from someone else, which is really good for getting that mental clarity about it but of course you can still edit and change it which is kind of the best of both worlds um uh, i do i do the read aloud pass i did that too um, but well, it's I did good with to have book both one. i think yeah yeah mike how long do how long do those phases take you it's mm, a good question because that's a lot of rewriting um, passes or editing yeah passes. um some of them i can rip off in a day or two uh, the longest ones might take a week, but certainly like from, from finished first draft within a, a month from that, I have something that's ready to send to Sarah. Okay. Nice. Cool. That is pretty quick. Yeah. Sarah, what about you? What does your uh, editing process look like for your own books? Uh, uh, um, it's changed a lot and I think it's changed a lot because I'm an editor. Um, I, I used to turn it off and it was a lot easier to turn it off. So I'd have my first draft and I wouldn't let myself go back and change anything at all, period, until the end of it. And then I would kind of turn the editor back on and I'd go to the beginning and I'd start working through it again from that perspective. I'd do that maybe once or twice and then I'd send it to my editor. Um, the thing that's changed is I, I can't turn it off anymore. And then, so I will spend an entire day looking at one sentence and just like something is off here and I'm so close to it, I can't figure it out. So um, to stop that from happening, I started this beta readers group with these six poor souls who take pity upon my madness. And, and they let me take my shit and throw it on the wall in there. And then we all look at it and figure out what is bothering Sarah. And then I can move on with my life. So that's cut down that editing phase by like 70%. Wow. So um, <laughs> I really, really get lost in the weeds of my own design. Um, so yeah, that that has helped a lot. It's helped a lot to have a wall there between me and all of that. And so I do that as I write now. So I, I just kind of have accepted editing is part of what I do. So I write, then I do that at the same time. And then honestly, by the time I'm done with that draft, I'm usually ready for my editor. So I kind of do it all as I go, I guess now, versus doing it in phases. It just seems to work better for me. I'm curious. Do you is find that it group diff- with um, beta readers? Is that other authors? Is are those just readers? Like how how did you kind of form that group? So it's about half and half. 
they have a few um, authors in there, and then they have two two bloggers, and then just a few. Uh, I think two are readers. Or I don't don't ask me to do math when I'm a little bit big. Anyway, about half of them read and half of them write, <laughs> and that <laughs> that is that. So um, it helped a lot. The 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 authors focus on very different things than the readers focus on. And between the two, they usually have figured it out. So I can kind of see what's bothering me, but I'm too close to see it, if that makes sense. Sure. That's, that's been fantastic. They deserve all the cake. <laughs> How did you kind of go about creating that group? Because I know a lot of people um, emailing the show sometimes asking like, oh, how can I, you know, get feedback on my writing or how can I set up beta readers? And I think a lot of people struggle to create that when they're starting out. So do you have any advice it's for those very people? Di- it's, it's very difficult for a first-time author. Now, for Sarah, yeah, she's, been, was... she's, been, she's been known as an editor, but somebody who's an, a nobody, basically nobody knows who you are. This is one reason that it's good to get involved with groups like Fantasy Faction and... Um, Grim dark fantasy, and you know, um, well, if you're um, if you're an author, like for me, it was really easy. I looked at the three people who seemed to like my stuff the most, and said, "Hey, do you want to be part of this little secret group?" And they were all yeah. like, "Hell yes!" And but you, you had know, to so have you them, had to have was... you had to have already written something first, though, to get those people. exactly. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you didn't, I think you do. You need those those networks, those people that reach out to you, whether they're like the other commenters on the blog or something. Some yeah. local yeah. writers group is excellent. There's critique groups everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can go on your Facebook wall and say, "I wrote a thing. Who wants to read it?" And mm-hmm. like maybe half of them will actually read it and half of the people who actually read it will have something good to say about it. And you talk to those people, the people mm-hmm. who seemed like they had, they knew what you were asking and could talk about it. But yeah, it's, it's all about networking. Another website that I used yep. back in the day, which is useful for people who don't have that network at the, at the start. I'm not sure if it still exists or not, but it was called Critique Circle. Um, and basically, it allows you to critique other people's books. You get points from doing that, and then you can exchange those points to get your own writing critiqued. So, not sponsored, but yeah, it might be worthwhile checking them out. Um, haven't looked at them in a few years. I think it does tie I get, into. I, I, um, yeah. Oh, what's that, Dirk? I, I was just going to say I did that once, mm-hmm. um, but Bad I experience? quit quick because because I no well I just wanted my stuff critiqued. I didn't want to have to critique their crap. Yeah, I think a lot of people are on their website. Like they will just build up enough credits to get their own thing critiqued, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically bail. Um, which is yeah, I guess the uh, the struggle of something like that. Um, well, I'm a selfish bastard. Yeah, you know. I don't think there's anything that wrong with it. If you don't want to spend your life just doing free editing for other people, then that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. Especially when you need to write your own stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of my own process is definitely elements of kind of what you've, you've all been talking throughout this. I think one thing which we haven't mentioned, which I find very important is taking a break after you write that first draft. Um, Cause you know, you, you hit it's the end. Mad. You don't take a break. No, I no. never, you go straight in. Yeah, I never oh, have. Fuck no, I'm like, I, really? I, know, I, finish, I know and then that I go the, straight I know, to the first chapter. I would love to wow. take that month or two months yeah. that Stephen King says, take, Man. right. Sure. I would love to do that, but I never, I, 
always get myself into a bind having pushed my already pushed my uh due date and and right now being on contract um i just won't be able to do that i'm supposed to deliver this book to the editors in mid-september so you'll get it you'll get it it'll happen yeah so you, so you guys don't even take like a a single day you just go like the next nope. day really i haven't no, no, like same day. Whoa. I will finish it and go straight to the first chapter <laughs> yep. and start reading yep. and like making notes yep. or I'll look at these sort of notes I've made while I was writing wow. and just throw myself into like writing those bits and fixing. Yeah. Here's stuff a, here, that changed. Here, this and, is one of those. This is one of those many moments in this show where please do what we say and not what we do. <laughs> <laughs> take that break yeah well i was just going to talk about how i find it extremely useful to take a couple of days um or if you can even a week off from the from the book um just to give yourself a bit more objectivity when you return to edit it uh king says take a month or two if you have a month or two that's great um in the past what i've done which has been very nice is i might write a short story to kind of break it up um whether set in the same world or just a different unrelated thing um with, you know, no real intention of like, oh, I don't want this short story published or anything. It's just to clear your own palette. Um, but yeah, I, I find taking a break is really important for me. And then in terms of editing passes, um, I would read through the whole thing from the start, put down notes and try to keep it high level. It's very easy when you're doing that initial edit to start like tweaking, you know, sentence structure and refining your prose. But what I found at least is that the times I've done that, it's then made it very painful when I've needed to cut bits later. And I wish I'd just read through the whole thing, realized, oh, okay, this scene needs to go. I need to write this other scene here. And then you can cut it without feeling guilt or angst um, as opposed to spending, you know, like a hundred hours refining all the pros and then realizing, oh, this thing needs to go. So I think, I think after a while, the objectivity comes more quickly because yes, agreed. The first book, it was hard to cut stuff. Mm. Um, then each book that I've written, it's become a lot easier to just, yeah, it doesn't work. It's, it's, I don't become as, as attached as I did. I think in general, in my experience, editing has become easier and easier the more books I've written. Um, because you just like, you just start to develop like that pattern recognition of knowing, okay, this scene feels right. This scene doesn't because you've just done it a lot. Um, and in general, like what you were saying, Mike, the first book I wrote, I probably rewrote that, like actually just deleted the whole thing and and rewrote from the start two or three times. Whereas my current books, because I outlined them and have had the experience of writing a few things before, the final product is a lot closer to what that initial outline was intended to be. So I think, yeah, that is somewhat heartening if you were starting out and editing a book for the first time is it does generally speaking get a bit easier um at least in my experience um your mileage may vary so once i've kind of done that initial read through that's what i'm asking myself yeah what do i need to cut what do i need to add um and again it's it's very important to have that objectivity so that you do feel okay about like cutting a 10,000 word section out of your book um and forcing yourself to write you know something else to replace it um and then yeah once i've kind of pretty happy with that overall structure that's when i start would do would start doing those smaller level fixes i'd read it aloud to myself i would get word to read it aloud um sometimes i would even change the font 
as well, just to again, make it look like I haven't written this thing. Because if you've been staring at uh, Times New Roman for the last 300 hours, you've worked on this thing, and all of a sudden you come along and change it to Arial or something else, it is a subtle shift, but it does help you kind of see it through fresh eyes, I found, um, and can sometimes pick up errors where like there were spacing issues that the font was disguising or, or little things like that. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of like the different, di- uh, the different editing passes to go through, Uh, I don't really have like a specific list, but it kind of depends on what the story needs. I find that the ones that are the most useful are trying to replace generic descriptions with specific things in early drafts. I'm sure we can all speak to this. There's a lot of people raising their eyebrows or sighing or rolling their eyes and, you know, these kind of very crutch descriptions. Um, And it's really good to kind of, yeah, there we go. Dirk just did pretty much all of them. <laughs> that was pretty impressive. Um, that acting skill comes Can you in handy. Throw, throw in a shrug yes, for us too. A resigned shrug and an angry <laughs> gleam in his eyes as well. That's one I've found myself overusing. Um, so yeah, going through, trying to replace those with way more interesting and specific and, and character-driven uh, descriptions is very useful. Um, I think. I think. I think uh, narrowing eyes and and um, uh, jaw slack, mouth hanging open are the only descriptions anyone ever needs. <laughs> and you would probably know that if you've ever read any of my books. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you go the opposite approach. You go for like a, a minimal description toolkit. Just use the same descriptions for everything. A character's yeah, at a makes funeral. It easy to re- makes it easy eyes. to read. <laughs> it makes it easy to read that's it makes it very digestible for the readers um which is yeah which is what you want to do when you're trying to trying to write a book i'm um, surprised sarah isn't vomiting right now <laughs> <laughs> internally screaming i mean that's not one of the descriptions you just described rob she can only choose between what is it gaping narrowing her eyes or shrugging those are the only ways yeah. she can. Well, there's a lot. Out. There is a lot of shrugging. Yeah, <laughs> I go. You know, one thing I wanted to bring up because Mike, Mike, Mike mentioned it is that um, in the, when I'm writing a, a first draft or a draft zero, I do keep a list of things that I know I want to hmm. go back. It's a, my rewrite list. Yes, yeah, same. My, um, so things that I know I'm going to need to go back and look at, um, or uh, go change the description of the ship at the beginning to a galleon and not a, you know, this, um, <laughs> but I don't, I'm not so going to, yeah, I'm not going to go back and do that. Now I'm going to do that in the rewrite. Mm. Right. So yeah, there are things. I in- leave myself like helpful notes, like make this suck less. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. There are. Yeah. I do. I do keep a list and it can be fair. It can become very fairly long and it's any, everything from look for too much use of this, which is kind of generic and flows from book to book to very specific things about that story. Make this, make this character, um, uh, more of a paternal character. Right. And less of just kind of a cardboard, you know, make, you know, silly, you know, little things like that mm. that can be tweaked in descriptions and their reactions and how they speak, you know, um, some things like that. So, yeah, that's yeah, a I very do, good practice I do to keep get a into. list because, because Mike mentioned that, that he had a list of things that he knew he wanted to go back to. I think the most useful Sarah, thing about do you that, do? Oh yeah. Sarah, do you do the same thing? Do you do things like that? 
kind of, I try not to give myself many opportunities to really dwell on things because I will literally, I will die editing one sentence in my that's manuscript. Why I so I try. In, that's why I put it in a list <laughs> so I can put it that. out of my head. So, yeah. Well, so I, I make a list and then I think I could either deal with this now or I could do it for like 10 years and <laughs> start, you know, it's just going to be, so I just do it now. I just, if, it, if I think this should go on a list, then I say, no, no, this will not go on a list. You will never, ever see anything but this list. And I just deal with it. So well, no list. Some of the best advice I ever got was from uh, the chair of my department when I was writing my dissertation. Um, for my PhD. And, uh, and he, he, I was talking about the things I wanted to do with it. And he got, he's like, okay, I understand you want to make this good. And he said, I, I said, I really, I really want to make this good. He said, remember that done is good. Mm. So that, that helped. Those are some um, words of wisdom. That, that, that's, that, that has helped me a lot, uh, through, through this, this, through fiction writing since then that's kind of prompted an interesting thought what for mike and sarah what is the single best piece of editing advice that someone's ever told you over the years uh, best piece of editing yeah. advice Fuck, I, don't know. Well, I don't know it doesn't have to be like uh, you know life-changing but just something that really stood out to you mike, mike yeah no i mike, mean make sure it's something sarah told you Okay. Um, <laughs> stop fucking around. Finish the damn book. Uh, oh, actually, oh, that's yeah, kind that's, of it. That's it, totally me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm awful. I, it's books are like music. You never finish it. It's, it's never going to be perfect. Yep. And you, at some point you give up and you move on because you yeah. need to write. It's the next never book. finished. It's, so a, my, it's my, never finished. My it's best advice done. for editing is stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. You're like, yeah, even Stephen King talks so, about that too. He's copying me. He uh, <laughs> he's 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 a huge, huge Fletch fan. He really is though. Doesn't he <laughs> try to play guitar in a band as well? Feels like he's just a inferior version. Hack. Hack. Yeah, Hack. He wouldn't create his own death metal songs and release it to Spotify under the band Blackstone Heart. Available for people to listen to yeah. right now if they uh, do a little cheeky search. <laughs> Do you have any? Do you have any advice for uh, basically first-time writers or early-on people, Sarah? You know, from an editor's perspective. Yeah, so like- I think a lot of people get trapped under the weight of their own expectations. Yep. So you write your first book and you think this is going to be the thing, but the the issue there it's fine with it being this great thing and it might be this great thing but it doesn't have to be this great thing right now right now it just needs to be words on a page that's what it needs to be right now so what i see a lot of are people who stop writing too soon and usually when i talk to them the reason they've stopped writing isn't because they can't really see where the story's going or anything like that. It's because they don't think the book is good enough to keep going. And that's not a reason to stop. That's, it's just not. Your book doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't. That is why people hire editors. And, and hey, shocking thing. 
I don't know everything and neither does every what? other editor out there. And <laughs> believe it or not, I make a few mistakes in every single manuscript. So, and I know all wow, the, the rest editing of industry has too. been exposed hard here. Just, so, I mean, nobody is perfect. Your book doesn't have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. If you ever reach a point where you're like, I just can't keep, I know where the story's going, but I just really suck and need to stop. And you start doing all that. I mean, that's the point where you need to keep going. Because right now, all that matters is that you're telling the story wait and worry about perfection later when there is a support group to help you through it because because that's a whole other thing but and and you'll still and it'll still never be perfect for everyone you it doesn't matter what kind of book you write or how much time you put into it you will have people who do not like it um that's just the way it is so there's no such thing yep Okay, well, those are some good words of wisdom to end this episode on. Uh, We'll be back next week with uh, another episode with Sarah where we talk about the process of working with a freelance editor to improve your writing. Thank you for listening or watching. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Troll. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.